the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Heavenly Father, sixth Sunday of Easter. Next week, Memorial Day. Really the last Sunday, the theme of Easter comes forth. Whether in this hymn just sung or in the message to be delivered. Jesus has come as the King of all glory. Heaven and earth, oh, declare his great power. Capturing hearts with a heavenly story. Welcome him now in this fast fleeting hour. Ponder his love. Take the crown he has for you. Jesus has come. He, the King of all glory. God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace. I want to close this uh, Easter season with an individual who, as I look back over the years, have never preached on him. And he's a crucial part of the Easter story. The hidden individual, the man named Simon of Cyrene. And his story is there in the Bible. And I would share with you this word. Mark fifteen twenty one. They compelled, the Roman centurion compelled, one named Simon from Cyrene, northern Africa, who passed by coming out of the country for the feast of the Passover. He, the one being the father of two boys, Alexander and Rufus, They compelled him to carry the cross of Jesus. They compelled him to carry the cross of Jesus. Simon of Cyrene, he has traveled many miles over land and sea to meet the Savior of the world in Jerusalem. He had no plan to meet the Savior of the world. That is not why he had come. I would suppose that most people, when they meet Jesus, they have not planned to meet him. But in word and sacrament, and in the circumstances of our lives, guess who appears? Guess who appears? Jesus. Regarding the meeting of human friends, The people on this earth that we call our dear friends. The tentacles that reach out to another person and bind them to us. In this thing called friendship. God is in charge, I believe, of the friends that we have. Just two days ago, I was driving and in front of me a car stops and there's a bumper sticker made me smile. The bumper sticker said, the friends you have are a gift you give yourself. The friends you have are a gift you give yourself. 
And working on this sermon, I wanted to get out and, and put a little card over it. Uh, the friends you have are a gift God has given you. The friends are not a gift you give yourself. The friends you have are a gift that God has given you. And if it be so for those in the human realm that we call friends, what about the friend of friends? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the friend of friends. What about him? God is in charge of your friendship with him. Psalm 107.3 God will search out those for whom Christ died. Down the arches of the ears unto all the places that men might try and hide themselves. Until God finds them and binds them to himself with tentacles more lasting than bands of steel. He will gather them from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, into their eternal home. And then you have the beautiful words of Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Each of us has been loved by God with an everlasting love. And they are sometimes brought to Jesus, like Simon of Cyrene, in most incredible ways. Simon of Cyrene, northern Africa, is loved by God as if he is the only person on this earth. And he is brought to Jesus on that day for the ten minutes that takes him that cross to Calvary's hill. Simon is named. There are many different ways to interpret this story. But here is the most reasonable view. He is a devout Jew, Simon. Because of reason of business, commerce, or trade, he has left Palestine and has moved to northern Africa. That is where God has placed him. But it appears that Simon never forgot his holy backgrounds. He never forgot the great city of Jerusalem. And he never forgot the practice of the old religion. He had found the habit of going back to Jerusalem one time during the year at least. Leviticus 23, the highest festival of the Jews. The feast of the Passover. That is what has brought him to the city. And at the same time, it has brought one other individual to the city, the one named Jesus. He has come for the feast of the Passover. And these two lives will intertwine in a most divine way. When we first meet Simon coming out of the country, the Bible says he's coming out of the country. What does that mean? It means he's outside the city walls. It means most likely he's heard nothing about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It means he's heard nothing about the first Palm Sunday. Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and 30,000 people singing his praises. An earthly king has come to set us free. He's coming out of the country. He's oblivious 
to the things that have occurred. He enters the gate of the city eager to make the great moments of the feast of the Passover become very special to him. The feast of the Passover had moments of great solemnity. They also had moments of great joy. He is standing there in the crowd. He cannot cross the street because from the Tower of Antonia to the mount called Calvary, it is a distance of one mile. And all of a sudden the crowd is halted and he's wondering, why can't I cross to the other side of the road? And then he sees them coming, the three criminals. And he sees the man in front reading the charges and he sees behind them the chief priests and scribes. And then he sees a prisoner stumble and fall and the bloody cross lays in the dust. He will not go out on his own to grab that cross. It's a cursed thing. Deuteronomy 21, 23, cursed is anyone that dies upon a tree. He will not go of his own compassion and help the man. A sword is placed on his shoulder. And a Roman centurion says to him, You there, go and bear that man's cross. You there, go and bear that man's cross. With a sword on his shoulder, he knew who the Roman was talking to. It was not a suggestion, it was not a request, it was a command. Enter the road known as the Via Dolorosa and carry that man's cross. I said to you, That sometimes when people meet Jesus, they do it in most incredible ways. Sometimes in a church setting. But most likely when one meets Jesus, it is some circumstance in life that we are not expecting him. And yet he comes. Simon of Cyrene. He meets Jesus there on the road. He knows him not for five hours like the thief on the cross. He knows him for ten minutes. The ten minutes that he drags the cross to Calvary. The Bible does not say, but I would imagine that Simon stayed there. He watched the thief on the cross say, Truly the Son of God. He watched the Roman centurion say, Truly, this is the Son of God. He listens to the thief on the cross. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He sees Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea take down that body. He hears the words of Jesus. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And I believe Simon of Cyrene, like the thief on the cross, like the Roman centurion... I believe his heart is touched. God has a plan and a purpose for every human being on this earth. With God, there is no such thing as chance. With God, 
There is no such thing as chance. This time of the year, in the back of my mind, there sit the graduates from our eighth grade. They will be here two weeks from today. They'll be sitting right over there. And portions of this message I will share with them on that day. There is no such thing as chance in the lives of those who call God their Lord and the Savior. No such thing as chance. One might say that if Simon of Cyrene had entered Jerusalem one hour later or one hour earlier, his life would have completely changed. One might say that if he had gotten up five minutes earlier or five minutes later, his entire life would have been changed. One might say that if he had entered the city of Jerusalem by one of the other gates, his life would have completely changed. And one could say that if the Roman centurion had looked at one of the other thousand people in the crowd, Simon of Cyrene's life would have been completely different than it was. This is God. This divine plan and purpose of God for Simon of Cyrene had God himself placing Simon at the right place at the right moment to do this deed of service to Jesus. And when I look at the eighth grade graduates in two weeks, I will have in my mind and heart that God has already planned for them what school they go to, what extracurricular activity they're involved in, who their teachers are, who their locker mate is. He already has it planned for them. Great philosopher once wrote on small hinges, big doors are suspended. And on small events, tremendous life-changing issues may depend. What happens when Simon bumps into Jesus? Great changes occur in his life in the life of his spouse and in the life of his two boys, Alexander and Rufus. There was a man, uh, J.P. Struthers, he wrote for many, many decades a devotional book, The Morning Watch. And he wrote this some 20 years ago, and I copied it down. He said, Ten years after you read this devotion... You may come to see that the most important event this year was the crossing of some street, the opening of an elevator door, or what someone might think was a chance word that you happened to overhear. And these chance moments, what are they? They are God's providence. They are God's providence to you. He preserves us in ways of which we never dreamed. He makes all things Work together for good to his children. Did I ever share with you in these 30 years how I met Connie, my wife of 41 years? Did I ever share with you how I met her? 
Springfield, Illinois, seminary. I needed a part-time job. I had downtown Bible bookstore. I say to them, will you hire me? They say, cut your long hair, get rid of your whiskers, we'll hire you. I said to them, no, I'm going to keep my long hair, going to keep my whiskers, thank you very much. And I drive back to the seminary by a long route, looking to see if there's any other place wanting help, and there's a gas station. I worked in a gas station my last two years in high school. Had a help wanted sign up. I pull up, I say, I'd like to work here. They said, any experience? I said, yes. They said, come back tomorrow. We'll hire you right now. Come back tomorrow. We'll train you. Back in those days, you didn't pump your own gas. Back in those days, someone pumped it for you, checked your oil, cleaned your windshield. Remember? You old people, remember? I went to the gas station the next day at 12 noon. There was no one there. The lights are on. The pumps are on. The building is open. There's no one there. I said, that's all right. Maybe they're in the washroom. Uh, You know, they'll be back. Just sit here. Be calm. Cars started driving up to the pumps. Uh, I would go out and they'd say, you know, I need uh, $5 of gas, whatever. And I would say to them, this is my first day here. I'm being trained. I don't know how to do that. And they would drive away. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, no one's there. I look around the building, there's not even a car there. I'm looking around, looking for a dead body somewhere. I'm opening up the washroom door. No one is there. In the entirety of my life, I have never gone to a gas station where it's open and no one's there. No one was there. And finally, after about 20 minutes, I felt so uneasy that I jumped in my car and got away from there as quick as I could. I go back to the Bible bookstore. I say to them, I'm going to cut my hair and shave my whiskers. Will you hire me? She said to me, we're going to hire you right now. Can you work right now? I said, yeah, I have no classes this afternoon. I'll work right now. She said, the person who was supposed to come in just quit. We need you. She sends me to the back room and I'm opening up boxes and taking out books and and a young lady comes walking into that back room. She starts yelling at me. She says, this is only for employees. Get out of here. And I said to her that I just got employed. That woman was Connie. She'd been yelling at me for the last... Throughout the entirety of my married life, I have looked at that episode as divine providence from God. Never in my life has there been a gas station open, but no one's there. On this day, it was. Had I worked there, I'd never met Connie. Had I worked there, there'd never be a John or a Josh. Had I worked at that gas station, there would never be the grandchildren. Had I worked at the gas station, I would not be here in this church. Charles Spurgeon, have you heard of him? 
one of the greatest preachers this world has ever seen. In the late 1800s, he had the largest church in the world, 15,000 people every Sunday. Do you know his story of conversion? He's 16 years of age. And he goes off to worship. And a snowstorm came. And a brutal cold came. And when he got up that Sunday morning and began to walk the three miles to the church he usually went to, he realized that it was so cold he would freeze to death before he ever got there. He sees a light in the woods through the snowstorm and he is so cold that he heads to the light thinking that it's a house. It's a small church, small Methodist church. He had never noticed it before. He enters that church not to hear God's word, but to get warm to save his life. And in that church, that Sunday morning, the regular preacher had not made it. The snowstorm had kept him away. There were three people in the church that morning, the preacher, the preacher's wife, and Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon, in the biography written about him, said, On that Sunday morning, a local preacher, very uneducated, spoke very poorly, rambled on and on. His sentences didn't always make sense. But he spoke on one verse in the Bible, Isaiah 45, 22. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. And Charles Spurgeon said the most important moment in my life was that uneducated preacher who rambled on and on, whose sentences made no sense. But when he preached on that verse, turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. At that moment, I came to my Lord and my Savior. A man who every Sunday for decades preached to 15,000 people. How many millions are in heaven because a snowstorm came on that day? And Spurgeon is diverted. God is God. My job, Pastor Shower's job, very unusual, because we're intersecting with 800, 900 families. I get to see what most people on this earth don't get to see. Doctors don't get to see it. They just treat symptoms. Lawyers don't get to see it. Accountants don't get to see it. Pastors get to see it. Events in your life, totally unexpected, in which God weaves his way in. And all of a sudden your eyes are open. And you know it's him. Closing word, what happens to Simon of Cyrene? There is a verse in the epistle to the Romans which gives us the answer. John Mark wrote his gospel, Gospel of Mark, to the church at Rome. 
In his gospel, he mentions Rufus, the son of Simon of Cyrene. He is a high-ranking, a choice Christian in Rome. A high-ranking bishop, some say, in the church at Rome. His wife, I mentioned her last week on Mother's Day. Apostle Paul says, greet Rufus, the choice Christian, and greet his mother. She was my mother as well. Simon of Cyrene's wife was the mother Teresa of her day. Her gift, healing, compassion, mercy. When the disciples were invaded by the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, they went to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the other ends of the earth. When Simon of Cyrene came face to face with Jesus, who did he witness to? He went back to northern Africa and Alexander and Rufus, his two boys, and his dear wife. And that's who he witnessed to. Look for God. You don't have to search very far for him, Deuteronomy 30. Look for God. He is all over the place in your life. And for these graduates two weeks from today, and for all the graduates, college, high school, God knows where he wants you. In him you live and move and have your being. Great confidence, great hope, great courage. It's God. May you have the peace that comes from the empty tomb. In our Savior's name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, a couple of people in our church just got jobs as teachers next year. They know where they're going. They know where they're going to serve the kingdom, and they know God has placed them there. One of our dear ladies just finished school, and she's employed at Christ Advocate Hospital starting in July. God has chosen the place where she is to live and move and have her being. And that list goes on and on and on and on. Voters' assembly today, what does pastor think? He's anxious to see what God has in store. This sale of property, how will God do this? What will it mean? The election of Board of Governance people. God knows. What does God have in store? May it be so for your children on this earth. And when I prayed at the beginning, may the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. And may the meditation of the hearts here be acceptable in your sight. I'm simply saying, Lord, may they see God as Simon of Cyrene saw him on that day. King of kings, Lord of lords, friend of friends. In his powerful name, amen. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.